This is Jimmy Scroggins. I'm the lead pastor at Family Church in West Palm Beach, Florida. Are you tired of going to conferences, reading books, and listening to speakers who tell you how to do church when you know that you cannot do what they are recommending? You've come to the right place on our podcast. We're going to give you principles, strategies, and ideas that you can implement right now with the resources you have at your church because this is church for the rest of us. We're so glad you joined us for another episode of the Church for the Rest of Us podcast. I'm here again with my co-host, Leslie Bennett, and Scott Crawford, our Family Church Business Administrator. We're covering the business on Church Business. It's been a lot of fun so far, don't you think, Scott? I love this. You guys are speaking my love language now. (laughs) I know. (laughs) Well, today's topic is really interesting because today we're going to talk about setting our senior pastor's compensation with our Uh, senior pastor. I know. It's kind of awkward to talk about this, to be honest with you. However, we brought it up to talk about on the podcast because I feel strongly that churches need to handle this well. I feel phone calls regularly, maybe not every single week, but multiple times a month from pastors and churches concerned about what the right compensation is, how do we arrive at the right compensation, who should set the compensation. Pastors call and they say, hey, I think that I need to make more money or I don't, my insurance isn't right, but I don't know how to ask the church to help me. I have uh, personnel committees and others call me and say, hey, we think we need to do something different in how we compensate our pastor, but we don't know how to arrive at the right numbers. How do we figure that out? And I know, Scott, you have the same kind of experiences. That's right. We get those calls all the time and trying to figure out what's fair, what's right, what's appropriate, what's reasonable, and those. And it's not that easy all the time. And no, it, it's not. And uh, compensation is a complicated conversation. And in ministry, it's hard because when you, Leslie, when you go into ministry, I don't know how everyone else, when I went into ministry, I felt like I was taking a vow of poverty and I was willing to be poor my entire life. And Kristen, when we got married, she was too, because that's what we thought we were getting into. And to be honest with you, I think everyone who goes into the ministry ought to be willing to be poor. And if you're not, I don't think you should go into ministry. However, we live in America. Sometimes God prospers churches financially and, and, and churches want to be a blessing financially to their pastors. So A lot of pastors are poor, but a lot of us are not. And so that's just one of the kind of the the discoveries that we made in our journey in ministry. But it's a delicate conversation because everyone kind of wants their pastor to do kind of okay, but not too okay. Right. (laughs) And I think that's the right posture, to be honest with you. I agree with that. I don't think pastors should be the richest person in the church. And I don't think they should be the poorest person in the neighborhood as well. So... Those are kind of my thing. Let's say I'm interested in your thoughts. It's all relative too. So that's the hard situation that you find yourself in. For one person, what's wealthy is not the same as for someone else. And so everybody's looking at it through their own perspective and their own lens. And I do think it's a challenging situation. Um, I did serve on the pastor search committee, and I remember we didn't even talk about that. And we didn't know when we hired Pastor Jimmy, we didn't know what he was going to be making. They didn't share that information with us as the search committee. So, Scott, I am curious to know, how do we decide how to set our senior pastor's compensation. Yeah, great question. It is super, super scientific. So what Jimmy and I do is he writes a number on a napkin and I write a number on a napkin and we slide those napkins towards each other. And if the number matches, we know the Lord is in it. Oh, Oh, my gosh. All right, no, well, let's no. be honest. Uh, neither Scott nor I wow, said the senior pastor's compensation. Solved. That's how Scott and his wife figure out how much they're going to give. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Okay. 
Yeah, no, the way we set the pastor's compensation, and, and first of all, I guess a, a note at the outset on that, when we use the term compensation, mm-hmm. we're, we're really talking about a lot more than just what the pastor makes in terms of salary. Okay. So when we say compensation, we're talking about a comprehensive package or a plan. And in that plan, we want to include things like salary, but we're also talking about benefits. We're talking about retirement. We need to include expense reimbursements and then also some allowances. So ideally, the way that you would do that is you would have a board or a committee and the people on that board or committee would be people not on staff and someone that does not report to Pastor Jimmy. And those people would set the pastor's compensation and benefit package. And that allows the pastor to actually receive and enjoy the package, knowing there's been full transparency, full integrity and be able to receive that blessing. And it's also important because the IRS has some pretty specific guidelines on what they consider reasonableness, avoiding private inurement, and then also uh, documentation standards on how a pastor's compensation is set. Now, private inurement, is that a disease? What were we talking about? <laughs> right. Do I need to see my urologist? That's right. That's right. No, private inurement, another word for that is just private benefit. And that says, so the IRS says that a nonprofit organization, no individual can that's on staff or a board member can privately benefit from the net assets or net income of a nonprofit organization. All right. So as you guys are thinking through that and we're talking about this, we recognize that many of our listeners are in a single staff church. Some of our listeners are part time. And so you may be going, oh, wow, you got benefits. You got retirement. Must be nice to be in that big church. But what I would suggest to every church of every size that pays their ministers or their senior pastor, I would suggest that all of that ought to be considered at whatever level you can. And Scott, even if they say, well, our budget's too small and we can't do it now, I think it's even better to have a target compensation, what you would like to do for your senior pastor, even if you can't do it all right now. Sure, that's right. We'll talk about that in a little bit about uh, how you actually enable and implement that and what kind of time frame uh, should be surrounding that plan. And and uh, so when we talk about like some of the goals and objectives, one of the things you're trying to achieve when you're setting a compensation plan is you've got to determine your philosophy of compensation. So when you're looking at a plan, and, and as you said, Pastor, maybe you can't do it today, but where you what you would like to do, you kind of need to decide what your philosophy of compensation is going to be. Are you going to pay people at the market rate, at the midpoint of what most churches are paying? Are you going to pay slightly above the market rate? And you kind of need to do that first because it sets the tone how you actually think about compensation in general, not only for the senior pastor, but for the rest of the staff. Ideally, you're thinking about three things when you're trying to take care of your senior pastor. One is how to recognize and reward them today. So real world, what they're doing today, how do you recognize and reward that? You're also trying to consider how you're going to be a blessing and show appreciation leading towards retirement, which is the longer range component. And then you're also trying to figure out how you can help them during seasons that occur in every pastor's life. So you've got educational needs. There may be seasons where there's health and medical challenges, uh, family needs. And certainly the church needs to be responsive and be in a position to be a blessing even during those seasons as well. And I think that's very important. And again, some guys are listening to this and they're thinking, there is no one trying to help me with these things. But this is what we're saying. You you might want to send a copy of this podcast to your personnel committee chairman, to your finance committee chairman, to your chairman of deacons or whoever, the chairman of your elders, whoever determines this stuff. Because these are vital things that every church actually should have a responsibility to be thinking about on behalf of their pastors and their ministry team. Yeah. You know, one key thought on that, Pastor, is every church is sending a message to their pastor through their compensation plan. And that message can be either positive or not so much, but you are sending a message of of how you value that person's contribution to your organization, 
through a compensation plan. And so we'd encourage people to make that a, a positive message. Yeah. And I think one of the best things that every uh, board or committee or decision-making body can do is they can ask the pastor for feedback on the plan. And I would say to pastors listening to this, you need to establish a channel of communication with somebody who's one of the decision makers in your church so that you can be very honest with them about how you feel about your compensation, about the kinds of things Scott talked about a moment ago, the needs that you are actually facing. Like if you can say, hey, my son's going to go to college. How am I going to help with that? My daughter's going to get married next year. How am I going to deal with that? Um, We need to refinance our home because of what has happened. How am I going to manage that? And I think there ought to be people in the church that care enough about the pastor to at least talk through so they understand what's going on in his life and so that he can at least ask for advice. Like even if the person says, yeah, the reason you're doing that is because you've made 50 years of dumb decisions and now you got a problem. Okay, well, at least they know. So I think that there is a, they're just establishing this relationship between a pastor and somebody on these kind of decision-making groups is, is really important. So we kind of joked it about it at the beginning, like, how do you know what's fair to pay somebody in this position? So, Scott, how do we determine what is fair to pay our pastor and even others on our staff? Like Pastor Jimmy said, it does cascade from what you're paying the senior pastor to what you pay other people. No, sure it is. It's relative to what uh, your senior pastor is making. I I would suggest you start with your compensation philosophy, and then you have a process for regularly reviewing shopping and comparing that salary and benefits for other senior pastors that are in a similar context. So obviously you're trying to look for other churches that if your church is rural, you're looking for another rural church setting mm-hmm. that to be comparable. The key is you can't treat this like hospital gowns. This isn't a one size fits all. It, it really, a context matters. <laughs> We've oh. all been there. Yeah, yeah, right. So there's a number of variables that you want to consider. Things like cost of living, the pastor's education level, how many years of experience he has, the health of the church, the health of the staff. There's all kinds of things that go into making that decision. We think one of the best things you can do is create a long-term strategic plan, which Mm -hmm. Pastor Jim referred to earlier. And that is you're setting something up and it may be 10 years, 15 years, maybe 20 years into the future uh, and may even include retirement. But we then think the best idea is to operate from a five-year working plan. And that's a plan that you would review at the end of each year and you would look at some of those factors and then you could adjust as necessary and appropriate. And I think what's so important, too, is that churches really consider certain things when they're looking at anybody's compensation, whether it's from the senior pastor to any other paid position in the church. So you look at some combination of the person's background and experience, their actual job performance, and the cost of replacement. And this is Mm -hmm. one thing that a lot of churches don't consider. So I've had churches call me and say, well, you know, we pay our pastor $55,000 and he just really wants us to pay him 60. And we're just not going to do it. We're just going to pay him 55. We're never paying him 60. And it's kind of like, you know, man, for $5,000, you may end up with a senior pastor vacancy. And then you're going to have uh, to pay an interim pastor. And then your attendance is going to go down while you're looking for a pastor. And then your giving is going to go down while you're looking for a pastor. And then it's going to take you a year and a half to get one. And then after you get one, you know what? how much he's going to want to make? 62. (laughs) And by then, you're going to have been in a worse position to pay 62, but you're going to be more desperate because you have to have a pastor. And you may end up in this, I've just seen churches in this this, uh, negative cycle just because they didn't want to pay a little bit more. And likewise, I've seen pastors dig in on certain things that were very foolish. You know, if you can establish this dialogue, but churches need to consider cost of replacement, job performance, background and experience. Because if the person has a good background with good experience 
and they're performing well on the job, believe me, someone, there, there are a lot more churches looking for senior pastors than there are senior pastors that do a good job to go to all the churches. And so to me, churches just need to be wise and consider all these factors. But I would say to pastors as well, look, the Bible, especially in the New Testament, repeatedly says that we are not to love money too much, that we should not be pastoring our church just because we want to make money. We should not do this job for money. Money is a part of the conversation that a pastor is having with his church. It's a message that the church is sending to the pastor about how much they value his role or how much they value his family. But that should not be the deciding factor about where any of us goes to work because all of us should be postured before the Lord. We're willing to go get, a, if we have to, we'll go get a different kind of a job in order to fulfill the calling in our ministry. And one thing I always say to our church is, look, if the economy collapses and family church is no longer able to pay my salary as long as I can, I'll get another kind of a job and I'll meet right here and keep doing what God's called me to do until he calls me to do something different. And I know that for me, I want to be able to go to God every day and say, God, I'll go anywhere you want me to go and I'll go for however much or however little you want me to make to do what you want me to do. And that's got to be our posture. But just because that's our posture doesn't mean that while I'm working at Family Church, I shouldn't have honest and candid conversations with my church family. So at our church, Scott, talk about, you know, uh, we actually have in our bylaws, which is really important when it comes to church business, uh, we actually have it listed in our bylaws who sets the compensation. That's right. For Family Church, our personnel committee, uh, and that group is made up by people that are elected each year by the congregation. And so those are non-paid uh, volunteers who represent the, the church at large. And they meet uh, at least quarterly, more often as needed. They speak into the policies and procedures for our employees. They look at compensation uh, at the organization as a whole, but they directly set Pastor Jimmy's compensation. And so that's a group of men and women who are very competent in this area. Uh, they meet. That plan gets reviewed every year. And then we actually issue for documentation purposes. We actually uh, put on Pastor Jimmy's file a copy of that letter authorizing us to re-up that plan every year. Yeah, and so you have to have a combination of whoever's whoever's in charge of your finances, your total budget, because uh, depending on how the economy is, how well your church is doing, your budget may be going up or going down at any given time. And so obviously, if, if you're not able to fully fund your budget, that's going to affect how you deal with compensation over time. But so, so the personnel committee is going to have a conversation with the finance committee. Do we have enough money to fund the salaries that we want to pay? Yes, we do okay, then this is what we're approving. So there's got to be this give and take between the total budget of the church and the state of the church financially and the state of what we're paying in terms of salaries. But what I like about the way our church does it is I'm able, and all of us who work here are able to say, we didn't lobby for a certain amount of money. We weren't really negotiating for a certain amount of money. This is what the personnel committee has agreed to. And they have, they've signed off on it. They've, they've looked at it. They've shopped it around. They've gotten comparisons to like churches. And this is how they've developed the process. And so I don't have to, to hang my head if I, if I think, if people think, oh, you shouldn't make that much. And I don't have to, I, I shouldn't cry poor if I don't think I make enough. This is the process that we have. We have godly men and women who've prayed about this, who've looked at this and tried to do exactly the right thing. And that's why I love our process so much. But Scott, the only other thing I want to talk about, it's kind of a hot topic, is uh, people always ask uh, why or should churches make their salaries public? And this is a big conversation out there in the wide world. I'm curious as to 
your thoughts, and then let's share with them what we do at Family Church and why. Yeah, that's a. You're right. That is a kind of a hotly debated topic that's that's out there, and, there, and, the, and with any decision you make like that revo- regarding finances, there's pros and cons, right? And so, for what you gain in transparency by actually sharing those numbers, you may create some unforeseen uh, circumstances as a result of that because everybody in their own mind has some idea of what they think he or she should make. And so when you start looking at that, you we all have a tendency, that natural uh, tendency, that carnal flesh in us has a tendency to start sizing ourselves up against the competition. And well, here's what I make. Well, why does that person make more or their job title doesn't seem to be the same as mine? Why, why are they make more or I should totally make more than that person? And so I think you do create you end up that ends up being what people are talking about at the water cooler. Instead of talking about the business of the church and what we're actually trying to accomplish, we end up kind of getting sidetracked on some of that. So at Family Church, all of our our hiring managers, those people in charge of actually hiring people, they know what the people on their team make. Uh, and they are a part of that conversation when we're, we're setting the compensation for a position uh, that's coming in new. And so they're engaged in that. But we don't share cross-functional between ministry areas what each other makes. Right. And we don't publish individual salaries to our church. And why don't we do that? Yeah. Well, that kind of goes back to what Leslie was talking about. So you've got people from all walks of life in every congregation. And so you've got some people in your congregation who are who are actually functioning at or below federal poverty level. And then you've got some who they've got problems, but money is in one of them. And so you've got every and everybody in between. And so again, for a family church, we've decided to, that information is available and is visible and transparent to our personnel committee. Uh, but at the finance committee and other committee roles, it's an, it's an aggregated number. Right. So that's the reason we do that. And, and again, look at a church like family church, which is very diverse socioeconomically, we do have people on public assistance and we have millionaires and billionaires and we have everybody in between. So there are some people who could look at what I make or what anybody on our staff makes and they would say, I don't see how you could possibly, possibly, possibly get by on that. And there are other people who, who would say if they saw what I make or what people on our staff make, they would just say, you guys are way overpaid. And they'd probably be right. So, okay. <laughs> probably, that would probably get a lot of traction. Well, listen, it really is a crucial conversation for every church to have. We want to help you guys. If you're out there, we'd be happy to uh, interact with personnel committee or whoever's setting these salaries. We'd be ha- happy to interact with you. You can get in touch with us via our website. But are there any other resources, Scott, that you would recommend that would be kind of uh, people who are really doing the research that that our listeners could look at? Sure. There Actually, if you Google pastor pay okay. or pay your pastor, there are dozens of pages come up. But a, a couple that we like are ministrypaid.com, churchlawandtax.com. GuideStar puts out a nonprofit compensation report. Lifeway has a great compensation study. The Leadership Network also has one. And then I always encourage guys kind of in, in my role who are helping think through the, the business and the finances, it is so helpful to have a network of peers in, in other contextual churches that you can just pick the phone up and have a conversation and say, hey, man, I'm, I'm thinking about this decision or I'm trying to figure out how we're going to change our salary ranges for next year. What, what are you guys doing? And I, that's honestly one of the most beneficial things any, any person can do. All right. So let's review. Yep. The business on church business. Leslie, what's number one? Know your bylaws. Know your bylaws for sure. Number two, lawyer up. Number three, pay for an outside audit. Number four, set the senior pastor's compensation. And next time, we'll talk about being prepared to manage your risk. Everything in life has a risk factor, even church business.
Thank you so much for joining us on today's podcast. I'd love for you to follow me on Twitter at Jimmy Scroggins or check out FamilyChurchNetwork.com to chime in on our blog. We want your feedback on today's podcast. Plus, we want to know what you are doing because we want to learn from you too. Hey, until next time, this is Jimmy Scroggins and you've been listening to Church for the Rest of Us.